Welcome to the Forward Healing Project. This is a weekly podcast where we acknowledge the challenges and grief experienced with infertility and miscarriage. Through honest and real talk, we will share stories, explore emotions, and seek healing by reclaiming, redefining, and renewing what it means to heal a hopeful heart. Welcome to the Forward Healing Project podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Allen. I am humbled and honored to be a part of your journey and grateful that you are a part of mine. If you're not already following me on Instagram, I'm at Forward Healing Project and also Healing Hopeful Hearts. You can listen to past episodes on most podcast platforms you subscribe with. And of course, any shares and ratings are always appreciated. I said last week that I was going to do a Christmas episode, another one anyway. Um, I'm not sure this is going to be an Advent slash Christmas episode. However, the theme came to me because of the season, hopeful anticipation, a season of waiting. On this healing journey, this trying to conceive, grieving a miscarriage and childless not by choice journey, we wait. We wait each month to see if two lines appear instead of the dreaded one. We wait to see if our hearts will begin to heal from the pain of losing a pregnancy. We wait to see if we make progress in our healing. We wait to find happiness. We wait to see if maybe this is the month you might meet someone to begin your life with and your family with. We wait. Waiting is hard. It's certainly hard for me anyway. I'm not someone that can wait patiently. That is because I'm a planner. I like to plan so I know what to expect. But we're all waiting now in this season of Advent. Hopeful anticipation. We wait. I think the wait is difficult when we hold on too tight to what we are expecting. Think about the dreaded two-week wait. You're expecting or at least anticipating two lines on a pregnancy test. Each month you wait with hopeful anticipation. And when things don't work out the way you had anticipated, the letdown is immensely painful. It is a wind up and a letdown. And each time we wind ourselves up with that anticipation and it does not come to fruition when we want it to be, the letdown is emotionally violent. Sometimes it can feel like all we do is wait. We wait to be happy. We wait to find healing. We wait in traffic. We wait for a promotion. We wait to be noticed. We wait. It can be exhausting. We wait for the right person to build our lives with. We wait because it is in the unknown we find discomfort. We are uncomfortable in the not knowing. It's why people find themselves to be tempted to seek out horoscopes and psychics, tarot cards, and other ways to get a peek into what's to come. That's why we scour blogs and comments on trying to conceive sites to get an idea of where we might find ourselves if we have the same stories and the same symptoms as someone else. Then we will know what is, or at least might be, in store, because we don't want to wait to find out. Some of this is human nature. We're curious beings. Some of this is the culture we live in, this instant gratification world. It's ingrained in us everywhere we turn. You don't know the answer? Google it. Need something tomorrow? Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Whatever you want, whenever you want. 
That way you don't have to wait. That's our world today. So why would we not want to know and have everything, or at least the things we most desire most, now? We don't want to wait. Everything else is in our reach to find out. So why not seek what's next? It can be hard to imagine being in a position where we have to wait, even though we do a lot of waiting. Yet on this journey, all we do is wait. At least it can feel that way. But I think there can be great beauty in waiting. And believe me, this is not something that comes easy for me to say because waiting is one of my least favorite things to do. But the kind of waiting I'm talking about is different than the waiting we do when we are waiting for something we want to happen, happen. We hear the phrase, God's time, not ours. I'm pretty sure I would have taken a swing at somebody if they said that to me in the height of my infertility. But I've come to embrace this as a healing tool. There's a freedom in this, a freedom in knowing God has something in store for you. It just might look a lot different than what you'd planned, and it might come at a time when you're not expecting it. I've said this before, the joy is on the other side of expectation, and I believe this wholeheartedly. We are disappointed when our expectations are not met. We are heartbroken when our expectations are not met. And what do we do with expectations? We wait. We wait for them to come to fruition. I think the thing we wait for most is our desired expectation. Now, there's nothing wrong with having expectations, especially if they're clearly communicated. But when we cling to these expectations, when we weave our own self-worth into the expectations of something happening, even something as important as having a child, those expectations can become a barrier to our joy. And all the while, we're hoping for and anticipating the joy that it will bring if our expectations are met. So we wait. So if the joy comes on the other side of expectation, and the expectation comes in the wait, is waiting a good thing or a bad thing? I think it can be both. If we're waiting with only the hopes of what we want, and not with what God may bring into our lives regardless of our expectation, then I think the wait can be at times torturous, painful, and perhaps even a bit damaging. If we wait with the openness to what God will bring into our lives without expectation or agenda, then I think there can be real fruit and beauty in the wait. In the Christian life, there's a lot of waiting. We wait for the coming of the Lord during Advent. We wait for the rising of the Lord during Lent and Easter. We wait for heaven. These are all beautiful things. And it's a bit different because we know the wait during Advent ends with Christ's birth. And we know the rising of the Lord happens at Easter. So it's kind of different. It's kind of a different waiting because we know. But waiting for heaven is different. We don't know when we'll be called home. We don't know when we will be brought to heaven. But we wait. And in the waiting, we strive to do our best as we seek the Lord. Before coming back to the church, I prayed with expectation. I waited for God to give me what I prayed for and nothing else. But when things don't go as planned, and when your prayers are not answered in the way you want them to be, then the wait becomes very different. We're not really waiting to see how God will work in our lives. 
We're simply waiting for God to give us what we want, when we want it. And we can miss a lot along the way during that waiting period. We forget to listen to what God is saying or see what he is doing in our lives. We are so focused on waiting for the result that we want that we forget to see that we are really waiting for something more. It may not feel like more because we can be blinded by what we're trying to obtain. The real beauty is in the openness, in the wait. If we're not open in our waiting periods, then we miss all the beauty and fruit. As I said, I am not good at waiting. But over the years, I've learned that when something does not go as planned, or is not happening when I want it to happen, there's always something more and different that God had planned for me. And if I am open to what he has planned, open to the direction he wants me to go, I always find fruit and beauty. It's hard to see that when you're gripping so tightly to a dream. It's not that dreams are bad or that hopeful anticipation is wrong. We need to tell God our desires. But waiting only for that which we want can lead us to a place of disappointment and despair. Perhaps all you're waiting for comes to be, and that's amazing. But perhaps it does not. That can lead to the whys. Why is this happening? Or why is this not happening? The challenge is to share your heart with God, but leave that heart open to him to work. There can be excitement in the wait. What does he have in store? No one ever said being a Christian was easy. Putting our faith in God is scary. It can be really hard. But it can also be exhilarating. I'm sometimes good at this and sometimes really bad at it. I'm by nature a very impatient person. I come by it honestly. My father is very impatient, but he used to tell me that patience was a virtue. However, it's one that he and I do not come by easily. So waiting and waiting with openness can be really difficult, but it's what we must do in order to grow and thrive in this increasingly impatient world. We try to force God's hand daily instead of being led by it. I know all too well that this is hard to hear because we don't want to see why we need to wait to have a child, why we need to wait for our dreams to come true. Why do we need to wait when it seems like no one else has to wait? They do. We all do. It just looks different for each person. Pope Francis said, God always answers. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, but he always answers in one way or another. He always answers. The Bible repeats it countless times. God listens to the cries of those who invoke him. Even our reluctant questions, those that remain in the depths of our heart that we are ashamed to express, the Father listens to them and wishes to give us the Holy Spirit, which inspires every prayer and transforms everything. Brothers and sisters, in prayer, there is always a question of patience, always of supporting the weight. Now we are in the time of Advent, a time that is typically of expectation, of expectation of Christmas. We are in waiting. This is clear to see, but all our life is also in waiting. And prayer is always in expectation because we know that the Lord will answer. 
We do know this, don't we? We know the Lord answers, but we can drown out his voice if we forget that he will answer in one way or another. And that means that he may not answer the way we want him to, but we must be patient in the waiting. I know you don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. You certainly don't want to hear this when you're waiting for a child. Something so incredible, beautiful, and selfless. Why would you have to wait? Those on the trying to conceive journey, those grieving, those waiting for a spouse, you don't want to hear that God's answers may not look like the answers to the prayer we're praying. And yet there it is. The Lord will answer because prayer is always an expectation. There's this fable I love, and there's a few variations to this. I'm sure you've heard it before, but it goes that there was a man in a flood and he prays, God, please save me. And another man comes by with a life jacket and says, here, friend, use this life jacket. The man says, no, God will save me. Another man comes by in a boat and says, get in. The man says, no, God will save me. And the floodwaters get so high, the man is on the roof of a house. And a helicopter comes by, drops a rope, and the man says, climb up. The man on the roof says, no, God will save me. The man drowns and dies. He goes to heaven and he says to God, I prayed for you to save me. I had faith and you let me die. Why did you not save me, Lord? And God says, I tried three times. I think I may have used that before, but I just love it. It's a good reminder. This man, he prayed an expectation, but he wasn't open to God's answer. He had an expectation of what his answered prayer would look like but he was not open to the idea or rather the reality that God's answered prayer was going to look very differently than he expected. He waited, but he waited without openness. We all must wait. That's a reality. I've said we must learn to grieve well, but we must also learn to wait well. I came across a Merton quote. I know you're all shocked by this. When the quote is, we must withdraw ourselves to some extent from the effects that are beyond our control and be content with the goodwill and work that are the quiet expression of our inner life. This is waiting well. It's beyond our control. When, if, and how we will have a child. Merton says to be content with the goodwill and work that are the quiet expression of our inner life. Being content is not something we feel when we are longing and grieving. Contentment is probably the last thing you feel. But being content with the goodwill and work that are the quiet expression of our inner life, that's prayer. Our inner life is our relationship with God. And to be content there in a place beyond our control, that's where the beauty and fruit lie in the waiting. I've encountered the women in the Bible that waited for long periods of time to have a child. It's often referenced on this journey. And while I do find comfort and beauty in their stories, I usually fall flat in my ability to fully connect with these women because their wait ended with a child. What about those that waited and never had a child? What does their hour wait give us? Kaya Oaks is an author I've recently come to have great respect for. 
She wrote an article for America Magazine called How the Women of the Bible Helped Me Reimagine My Barrenness. And Oak says, for some women in the Bible, in the Hebrew Bible, childlessness ends when God opens their wombs. But for others, the absence or presence of children is simply never mentioned. Yet these women are honored and celebrated as heroic figures, prophetesses, and deliverers of the people of their people. Perhaps Esther never had children, but instead the Jewish people of Persia, saved by her quick thinking, became heirs to her legacy. She goes on to say that in the New Testament, Jesus first appeared after his resurrection to another Jewish woman, Mary Magdalene, who runs and tells the male apostles what she has seen. This means that the earliest embodiment of Christianity is a single, childless woman. She continues later in the article with, Our Catholic faith, rooted in the faith of people who lived in the deserts, has sometimes missed out on the complexities of women's lives. But those who look at a desert and see lifelessness have missed the genius of creation that allows cacti to store water in their flesh, gives people the vision of building their homes in the side of a cave wall, helps every kind of crawling and leaping thing to adapt. Like everything alive in the desert, women who live without children adapt and survive. Any woman trying to recreate herself when others have looked at her and seen only emptiness may instead find other ways to nurture and care for the world around her. These women in the Bible that were childless, or at least had no mention of children, I am sure waited and longed for children, as we all do in some level. But in their waiting, in their seemingly childless life, they found ways, or perhaps it's better said, that their openness to God's plan for them leads them to nurture and care for the world around them. I can't help but think about how this ties into waiting with openness. We must wait. It's hard, but it doesn't have to harden you. There can be beauty and fruit when we wait without expectation, or rather when we wait with anticipation of what God will do with our openness. I've heard this phrase a lot lately. Choose your heart. Being sad and angry is hard. Being impatient is hard. Feeling like your prayers are not being answered is hard. But faith is hard. Trust is hard. Choosing happiness and being open is hard. Waiting is hard. Choose your heart. So in this season, we are surrounded with hopeful anticipation. In this season of waiting, this season that may seem endless to some, wait with an openness that you might have a child, but you might be called to, moved to, or guided to, nurture and create in a different way. It's not something you want to hear in the most painful place of your longing. However, when you're ready to hear this, ready to be open this, you will find beauty and fruit. You will find a place where you can hear, see, and believe in God's very special and amazing journey he has for you, all while you are waiting. I hope this episode brings you some forward healing. I'm taking next week off of recording, but I'll be back on the 28th. 
I hope you continue to walk with me on this path to healing. I pray for each of you, for your heart, your peace, and your intentions. I pray for your hope, happiness, and healing. And I pray that you can find a way to trust the weight and invite God into your open heart. Our Lady of Sorrows, Our Lady of Consolation, pray for us.